Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is our daily devotional for January 30th, 2024. My goodness, this month has just uh, flown by. I don't know if it's been that way for you, but it certainly has been for me. Um, I can't believe that it's February, y'all. It's going to be Easter before we know it, and then 4th of July, and then we'll be celebrating Christmas all over again. And that's fine with me because it's just sad that Christmas is over. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I do, nevertheless. Um, I guess only 11 months or so left. Anyway... It's good to be with you whenever you happen to find this. I normally say good morning, but it's entirely possible that you don't find this until the afternoon. It's entirely possible that it's not January 30th. It's entirely possible that by the time you see this, it won't even be 2024 anymore. But nevertheless, I'm glad to have this time with you, especially because of where we come to today. Now, we're making our way through the book of Acts. We come to chapter 20 today. One of the things that I try to intersperse throughout these daily devotional times is different doctrines, right? Um, doctrine, I say, well, what's a doctrine? Right? Different teachings of theology, different pieces of doctrine that we believe that, that are presented throughout God's word. And there's a few of them that we have really focused on. One of those that we have focused on is things like the inerrancy of Scripture, how this is the Word of God, okay? I say it all the time. Y'all know this. All the time, I say, and Paul wrote or Luke wrote, but then I drop back and I say, but this is God breathing out his Word through Paul or Luke, whomever it happens to be that, that, that we're talking about that day, because that's true. Um, God uses many writers, but God is the author. Okay, um, so we've talked about the inerrancy of Scripture, how it's without fault. Also, we've talked about the perspicuity of Scripture, that Scripture is perspicuous, that it sticks out, right? That if you see a perspicuous person, they stick out, right? And the meaning of Scripture sticks out. Is it true that there are some portions of Scripture that you really need to interpret by other Scripture? Without a doubt, y'all. And is it true that you really have to dig in? Just like, uh, you know, there's a reason why you gravel is on the surface and diamonds are deep underneath. Yes, you have to plumb the depths of scriptures to find the real jewels of theology. It's true. Sometimes you really have to dig. But for the most part, the Bible just says what it means and means what it says, and it's perspicuous. It, the meaning sticks out. Well, today we're coming to another piece of doctrine that is ever so important, ever so important. And I, I just gave you two. We've talked about different ones, about uh, its application, right, about its effectiveness, about how God uses his word. We've talked about all of these things. But today we're going to talk about another and the reason we're going to talk about another piece of doctrine is because of the section that we come to today. I don't want to go too far ahead and, and get into the next one. So we're going to cover one. And at first, it's going to be like, why is this even in here? What, what is this for? Well, we're going to talk about it. Let's pray first. So, Father, we thank you for this time that you have given to us. And we pray that you would bless us in it. Let us see beyond just the surface level. And let us see the truth of why your word was given to us as it's given to us. Let us appreciate it for what it is. Please guide us now when we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so we got to step back first before we even get into this piece of doctrine to purpose, okay? Why were the scriptures written? 
I don't know if you ever thought about that before. Why was the Bible written? You know, there's really multiple reasons, but one of the chief reasons that the Bible was written is extremely practical in that the Bible is utilitarian. Now, we're starting Acts chapter 20 today, but if you recall, way back in Acts chapter 1, Verse one, you find out that the author of this is Luke. He doesn't name himself, but we know that the gospel according to Luke was written to this dude named Theophilus. And so Acts chapter one, verse one, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. And then he just goes in. And y'all, what Luke is saying there is, all right, I gave you the gospel. I told you about the life, the works of Jesus. And now we're picking up with the aftermath. So one of the chief reasons for the word being originally written was utilitarian to tell a story, to testify to things that took place in time and space. Now, that's not the only purpose. Clearly, there are entire books of the Bible that, yes, there is a historical context to them, but instead of focusing on story, they really focus much more on ideas. I'll give you a perfect example on in, in Acts, but also in all four of the Gospels. You have the story being revealed in Acts. This is the Acts of the Apostles, the Acts of the early church. And we have the story of the Lord building the church that's appearing before our eyes. But take the book of Romans, for instance. Um, I preached on Romans, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. And one of the reasons that Romans is written, and there's disagreement over why Paul wrote it, but one of them is that Paul is going on a missionary journey and, and he wants to go to Jerusalem especially, and he's trying to raise support. And so he's writing the Roman church to give them a fuller explanation of the gospel. In essence, to say, support me because this is what I'm going to take. And the book of Romans focuses primarily not on some story of, of a point A to point B or the development of something else. Instead, it focuses on theology. It is a teaching book. But that's not what we find in Acts. Now, all of that being said, yes, so much is taught. How, how many doctrines have we run across in Acts? The, the basis of so many things. That's why, again, I've, I've, many times I've said to you that Acts is really like the genesis of the New Testament. Right? So many things are established for why we believe what we believe, how the church is set up, Acts chapter 15, Acts chapter 12. Yeah, we could, we've been through all of this, but primarily Acts is a story. Now, let's get to that piece of doctrine. And what is it? And that is the doctrine that, that revolves around the historicity of Scripture. That, and it sounds like inerrancy when you talk about the Bible being without fault, but the historicity of Scripture is that when it's telling stories, it is historically accurate. And furthermore, part of being historically accurate means including things like we're about to read in chapter 20. What am I talking about? Chapter 20, verse 1. It says, when the uproar had ended, 
Paul sent for the disciples and after encouraging them, said goodbye and set out for Macedonia. All right. Very briefly, it's like a regrouping after this whole blow up took place with Demetrius. Go watch the previous two daily devotionals if you don't know what we're talking about here. But it's this uproar in chapter 19. People are just losing their minds because their business is being threatened by Paul and Christianity and others. Anyway, verse 2, it says, He traveled through that area, speaking many words of encouragement to the people, and finally arrived in Greece, where he stayed three months. Because the Jews made a plot against him, just as he was about to set sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. He was accompanied by Sopater, son of Pyrrhus, from Berea, Aristarchus and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy also, Antichicus, and Trophimus from the province of Asia. These men went on ahead and waited for us at Troas. But we sailed from Philippi after the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and five days later joined the others at Troas, where we stayed seven days. Now, time out, pause, that, that's all that we're reading for today. One might read this and say, I mean, I guess travel, travel itinerary is a good thing to have, but why use up this much space to list all these men with weird names and, and give all these minute details? Well, y'all, this is not unlike Luke's gospel. Remember what he's doing here. He's writing to Theophilus. He's giving a history of things that took place. In Luke, we find interesting things like even the color of grass, right? And, and what certain scenery looks like. You might say, well, why is that even in there? Because it's showing it's an eyewitness account. And there's some subtleties in here too that we've just read. Things like precise length of days, right? How long Paul is in one place. How long he, he's, he's there in Greece where he stayed three months, right? And then at the very end where we stayed for seven days. But also there's another clue in here to show why this is included. Go back to verse six. But we sailed from Philippi. Y'all, if you're wondering why things like this are in Luke or Matthew or Mark or John or other story portions of Scripture, and, and, and I keep saying story, that's not a good word, right? The, the technical word is narrative, okay? The narrative, right? The, the story that is developing here. But I use story because we understand what story is so long as you understand it's not a made-up story, that it's true, that it happened. And the reason that we find these clues like we is because Luke is saying, look, this wasn't told to me by someone. This wasn't something that was passed down as some sort of oral tradition. Y'all know, which is notoriously inaccurate. Remember playing the telephone game? Maybe you played it in school, you know, when you were younger that, you know, you'd line up with a group of friends and on one end, um, somebody would say, I have to go to the store and buy fruitcake. And then, you know, the next person says, I have to go to the grocery store and buy fruitcake. And then the third or fourth person, I have to go to a fruitcake. And then at the last person, it's 
Johnny is a fruitcake, you know, yeah, whatever, right? I mean, it, that's the way oral tradition works. It gets passed down and gets changed. People modify things. That is not what we are dealing with here. And again, the, the doctrinal term is that this points to the historicity to Scripture. Now, why does that matter? Well, because, y'all, what we have in God's Word is accurate. What we have in God's Word is reliable. And if what we have in God's Word is accurate and reliable, that takes away your ability and my ability to change it to suit our needs. Y'all, if something is just oral tradition, you can chop it to pieces. You can say, yeah, well, you know, yeah, that's the story, but it was probably really later on influenced by the Catholics in 450 AD or you know, maybe that was because of this uprising and that. And so probably what's accurate is that this is originally what happened. The Bible takes that ability away from us because of sections like these first seven verses, or excuse me, these first six verses of Acts chapter 20. We get the eyewitness account. We get the specific timing. We get the specific names of all the men who were involved here. But there is another side to this, and I believe it's, it's here for a reason. Those that are named here are being honored. You know, as we think about the development of the book of Acts, we see it over and over again. Didn't we just read about it again? Verse 3, where he stayed for three months, because the Jews made a plot against him, just as he was about to sail for Syria, he decided to go back through Macedonia. Y'all, we, we read things like that, and ultimately, yes, it was a plot against Paul to stop Paul. But what did we just see in chapter 19? They couldn't find Paul, so they grabbed some of the disciples, some of the brothers. I think we have a specific list of names here, not only to point to the historicity, not only to show that this is an eyewitness account of somebody that was there, somebody that was saw it, somebody that saw it, somebody that experienced it. No, I think that we have the names because it pays honor to these men who laid down their lives for the church. Read between the lines, y'all. They're coming for Paul because they first came for Jesus. And while Paul is the most vocal, He's the, the golden goose to them. If they can stop him, they think they can stop everybody. Does this show not only that Paul is committed, but that all these other disciples are committed too? And so many were linked to them. Y'all, what you see here is a beautiful picture of people that are sold out for the Lord, that are committed. And I believe they are being honored here in the scripture by having their name included. What else do we know about them? Well, some of them we know quite a bit about. And Timothy, for instance. Timothy is mentioned right there. But, um, you know, Secundus, don't really know much about him. Sopater, or Sopater, however you want to pronounce it. Right? Don't know much about him, but he's in there. Shows the history of God's word, that history is right, that the story is accurate, but also it honors these men for their willingness to lay down their lives. Now, application for us, what is it? Well, there's really one main one that I want to make today, and that is that God's word is trustworthy, that it's accurate, that you don't have to treat it like Aesop's fables, right? 
You don't have to treat it as a group of philosophical sayings about events that probably never happened. You definitely don't have to treat it like mythology, right? Where you get all these stories. I don't know what you read, but I, you know, Edith Hamilton was, was what I studied in middle school, right? Where, where, you know, Zeus is in the form of a bull and, you know, or somebody gets hit in the head with a discus and, and you know, all these different things, right? And it's made up stories to support an idea. That is not what you have in the Bible. This is one of the reasons that the Bible is different from any other holy book that's out there. And don't give me anything about the Book of Mormon because there's so many holes in that. It could be you know, part of a Swiss cheese factory product. I mean, don't even go there. What you have here is accurate. What you have here is trustworthy. As a result, what you have here is binding. Binding for life. And it points us to who we ought to be. It points us to what we ought to believe. I think that's a pretty good devotional thought for this Tuesday or whenever it is that you happen to find this. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your word, for all of it, for those deep moments of incredible things happening, for those intricate moments where theology is presented and, 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 and these, these incredible ideas are given. But we also thank you for moments like this, moments like the beginning of Acts chapter 20, where we see history unfolding, where we find that your word is accurate and trustworthy. Let us trust it. Let us live in light of it. And we pray it all in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I'd like to thank you all for being a part of this time. Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. We have prayer meeting tomorrow night, 6.45 to 7.30. Um, so if you can, if you're in the area, we would love to have you for that. We're rolling in, in Hebrews now, covering big chunks, not just the small stuff. I've kind of revamped how we're doing this. It's, it's far less scholarly um, and trying to do much more practical. But nevertheless, uh, that will be tomorrow night. Lord willing, we will see you maybe tomorrow if you are local in this area. But Lord willing, I'll also be back at 6 a.m. Until then, I hope that you all have a very pleasant Tuesday or whatever day it happens to be. Take care.